The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. So the coalition leaders and some ministers are meeting today to discuss the details of a memo due to go to Cabinet tomorrow suggesting new energy savings measures for the public sector, which presumably they might hope would then be copied in the private sector, particularly Daniel Murray, political correspondent of the Business Post. Tell us about this idea of turning down the temperature in public buildings. Yeah, so the government is obviously, you know, wrestling with the energy crisis on a number of fronts from price and in terms of security supply. And demand reduction is something that has been recommended by the European Union. And it's something that Ireland is looking to implement now. There has been a scheme in place since earlier in the year, kind of encouraging individuals to reduce their own use. But this is the next iteration of that, whereby there's going to be advice to the public sector and there's going to be advice to businesses about reducing their use. And they're going to start with public sector because they kind of have most control uh, over those kind of businesses that work in that sector. And indeed, like you say, it'll be things like encouraging them to turn off lights in unused rooms, to reduce heating levels in those buildings to 19 degrees, uh, turning off outside lights on on public buildings, and even encouraging workers who are working on separate floors or or kind of spread across a building, which is happening a lot in this kind of post-pandemic world, for them to be kind of congregated onto a single floor and for other floors then uh, not to be heated and similarly hallways or lobbies and not to get the same level of heating. So it'll change from building to building. Certain buildings will be protected like hospitals. Eamon Ryan today said libraries and schools would be other buildings that it wouldn't be appropriate to to implement these measures. But the public sector will be used as as a kind of a a leader in this field to to, to set the tone for others. But Daniel, isn't there a certain irony in that and that many public sector workers are still working from home? That, I'll give you the example of one central bank, for example, that that there are people going in no more than one day a month at the moment in there, that the place is practically vacant. So that can't be cost effective or cost efficient to have the lighting and heating on there. And it's not going to make an enormous difference, anything well, that they suggest doing. I, I do think that's a very good point and, and encouraging people to work from, from home has been part of that kind of reduce your use uh, campaign and certainly I've been into buildings I was in recently in the Sustainable Energy Authority of Ireland which is a, a you know a, a public sector a building and they have a, quite a large number of their staff working from home for a number of days a week as is happening across a number of businesses now but that's exactly the reason why the campaigns like this whereby you get people to, to move maybe to a single floor instead of being spread out across multiple rooms and multiple floors of a building is one way whereby electricity and heating bills can be brought down as well as actually conserving the energy in the first place to make sure that that, that we don't run dry. Now, I suspect there are perhaps people who will be thinking of going back into the office to let their employer pick up the tab for the heating during the day rather than having the heating on at home. But what other measures is the government likely to announce tomorrow, Daniel, do you know? Well, it, it, this is just an informational kind of memo that's that's going to cabinet. What's going to come at the end of this month is the next iteration of the reduce your use campaign, and that is going to be trying to encourage individuals as well as businesses to reduce their their energy use. And on the individual front, there's really going to be a push to try and get people to use electricity outside of peak hours. And at the moment, peak hours is four p.m. to seven p.m. Uh, you might remember that there's there's talk of introducing new punitive tariffs to make electricity more. Expensive expensive at that hour of the day and that would be one way to try and encourage ordinary people um, ordinary households to t- try and reduce their electricity use at that that hour as well as businesses as well okay stay on the line daniel i want to bring in dr murren lynch who's senior research officer on energy economics at the esri but murren 
would it be the case so that whatever is done at local level, that the real savings and the real reduction in use of electricity and gas and the rest of it is going to come as a result of initiatives taken at an EU level to which Ireland would then be part? Um, yes and no. I suppose at EU level, what is going on is we're trying to agree, first of all, some targets. We had the target for 15% reduction in gas demand, um, potentially the same for electricity, um, and then also potentially this emergency intervention in the electricity market that Ursula von der Leyen spoke about. However, when it comes to actually doing it, it's sort of left up to member states. And in the end of the day, there is no way to really stop people using energy um, short of simply turning off their connection. And that's not what we tend to want to do. Um, However, one of the things that does drive energy usage, particularly in commercial and industrial sectors, is definitely the price. So whatever comes out of the European negotiations around changes to the electricity market, if that does change the price of electricity, then that may certainly have knock-on implications for electricity usage across Europe, yeah. So does that mean, though, that we have to get away from this idea of the market setting the price, that there's going to have to be an intervention by the EU and by governments to fix a price? Um, well, there are a number of options that are being looked at across Europe. And different countries want different things. Some countries have done their own thing already in terms of intervening in electricity markets in various ways. What I would say is at the moment, uh, electricity prices follow gas prices, not because somebody sat down and kind of made it be the case. It's because gas is used to generate electricity. So high gas prices mean high electricity prices. Um, certainly, it looks like people want to intervene in the market in order to try to reduce or maybe weaken that link. And there are various options on the table. But what exactly comes out of the meeting on Friday remains to be seen. Yeah, but why is there seem to be a correlation between gas and electricity prices? I understand that some electricity is generated by the use of gas, but not all. So how much electricity across Europe and in Ireland is gas dependent? Well, I I suppose the thing is, there's a couple of things going on there. If you look in Ireland, um, we have gas generating about half of our electricity. Uh, However, what we've done in the past in ESRI is we've had a look at what impact does wind have on electricity prices. And the more wind you have, it does depress electricity prices. So while it's not the case that gas sets the price all the time, um, however, it is the case certainly that gas does... Uh, set the price when it's the most expensive unit but there's an awful lot more um, it's an awful lot more complicated than you think there are good reasons for having the most expensive unit set the price and it's the same across any market if the price of potatoes went up really high tomorrow the price of chips would go up really high the next day that's the way markets work when the price of one of the inputs goes up then the price of the output goes up you can try to weaken that link and that's what they want to do um, on Friday, I think. But we have to be realistic here. We can't completely intervene in electricity markets unless we want to just socialise the cost of electricity generation altogether, which is an option, of course, but it would be a radical, radical overhaul of the market. Okay, it looks like we're going to have to do without Russian gas supplies into the European Union uh, this year. Should we be working on the basis that we won't take any gas from Russia at all in the future and look to have alternatives in place as quickly as possible? That certainly seems to be the way the policy is going. Um, 
one of the things that we've been dealing with since the beginning of this crisis is uncertainty. Will the Russians turn the gas off or not? And all of that uncertainty has been pushing up prices. I think at this stage, the uncertainty might be fizzling out in that it just looks like, no, we won't have any Russian gas. Um, so maybe that edge to prices has been taken away. However, of course, if we do want to do without Russian gas, then we have to to deal with the fact that a huge source of gas supply to Europe is gone. In the long run, it seems that policymakers do want to get off Russian fossil fuels and get off Russian fossil fuels quite quickly, um, which, of course, means that we're going to have to diversify our supplies of all sorts of energy, new sorts, new supplies of fossil fuels and then new supplies of alternative energy, including renewables and renewable gas, hydrogen, all the rest of it. We're going to have to massively accelerate that. But in the meantime, unfortunately, as long as Russian gas remains switched off, it does mean higher prices. Daniel Murray from the Business Post. Mike Interlee says, turn down our thermostats and save energy. And yet the government is handing out planning for data centres which use huge amounts of energy. So how much of a problem is this going to be, do you think, Daniel, to persuade people to buy in to saving measures at the same time that they see things like data centres being opened up which are using huge amounts of electricity? This could be a really serious communications issue for the government because they are trying to reduce, uh, encourage people to reduce their energy use. And at the same time, I understand there's six data centres are going to be connected up in 2022 alone and they'd have a maximum power capacity of 677 megawatts, which is a huge amount of energy. Now, they won't use all of that energy immediately, but it could be ramped up over the coming years. So they're in for a difficult one in trying to convince people to reduce their use and at the same time uh, being able to hold up the continued expansion of the data data centre sector. Of course, there there is measures being put in place on that front because of the kind of power supply crunch that we're facing. And these in, include specific tariffs that, that only apply to large energy users, which in Ireland really means data centres. Um, whether those tariffs actually get through, whether or not they don't face legal challenge uh, is another question altogether uh, and something that we'll see in the coming months. Thank you very much, Daniel Murray, political correspondent at The Business was and Dr. Merlin Lynch, Senior Research Officer at the ESRI. I She's a research officer, energy economics. Okay, listener says, even if the residential uses were 100% efficient, the industry consumption is still massive. So walk around offices, monitors left on, lighting still on, heating on all summer long. It's a joke to think us lowly consumers can fix it all. Between data centres, big production plants, particularly in pharma, we massively consume energy in other areas. Yeah, absolutely all true, but... You know, even if it makes a small impact, should we be leaving the monitors on? Should we be switching the lights off? Do we really need the heating to be on as high as it often is in many offices? Do we need the heating on in buses, which are often uh, way too warm during the winter months? Uh, do we need things like, i just even noticing inside here today, do we really need plugged in chilled vending machines when people could walk down to the shop to buy anything rather than having these machines on in the building? Even if what we do is a small thing, doesn't it all add up and help? The last word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today, F-